You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. You know, I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about this morning, and one of my favorite things um, is chicken. (laughs) And I was thinking about how good chicken is, and um, I've been on this spicy chicken sandwich kit going around trying all the options in the area, and um, it got me to thinking. We want to be <laughs> we want to be the type of people that shape our culture. That's what I want to be as a Christian. And what when you think of a chicken sandwich, <laughs> what establishment do you think is shaping the culture that we live in today? You can go ahead and put that first slide up for me. Chick-fil-A, hallelujah, bless the Lord. Chick-fil-A, I like to say that it's all right if you're a vegetarian, listen, those chickens went to a Bible study, they got blessed, they got sanctified before they were killed, and it was an offering unto the Lord. (laughs) Chicken's good, Chick-fil-A has great service, no, for real, Chick-fil-A is known for their great service, they're known for their excellence. People who don't who like other chicken sandwiches over their chicken sandwiches will go there because they can get through a 152 car drive-through in one second because these employees are out there directing traffic and making it happen. And I believe it's because the goodness of the Lord is on their company because they're a Christian establishment who will stand up against the love of money and close on Sunday to honor the Lord. And this is a company who, this is a, a really powerful franchise who is helping to shape culture. Now let me, let, let me talk about how it's shaping culture. You remember a little chicken sandwich war that went on in 2019 that's continuing on? today. There was a chicken sandwich war, and all of a sudden people started catching on that Chick-fil-A had good chicken, and they had good service. So how were they going to compete? Let's see. Let's see that next picture. Chick-fil-A has this cool little packaging that insulates those nice chicken sandwiches. You get them fresh and hot. You're not getting no cold food. Oh, look look what Popeye's is trying to do now. This is 2020, after the chicken war and they lost. 2020, Popeyes is coming through with their own little bag to keep them warm. And guess who's right behind them? McDonald's. Get out of here, McDonald's. They got their new chicken sandwich with their little fresh bag. They see, listen, there's a point to all this. They see that Chick-fil-A is doing something that culture is paying attention to. Let's go ahead and play that video to get a little idea of really how Chick-fil-A can be. Uh, My name's Jonas. All right. Uh, can I get a... JJ, come on, boy. Come on, Daddy. got to get some food, all right? Hold on now. 
Oh, shit. What? Where did everybody go? <laughs> oh. Okay. Kinda hold him up like that. He like that. So what exactly are you ordering today? Number four. Okay. Yeah, and uh, hold the pickles. Number four, hold the pickles. Um, I do, I do a, like a lemonade with sweet tea half, kind of. Let me get two gallons of lemonade oh with sweet tea. Two gallons? Three. Oh! Let me find my money real quick. If I can find my wallet. Don't worry about that. That's for you. We got that. I see your AC's running a little hot. My AC? Yeah. You really think so? I mean, I didn't even really... Where'd he go? That and there's tons and tons. That's funny. Chick Fil A magic. It's the Holy Spirit. Um, there's tons and tons of videos of like that online of people just going after Chick-fil-A and bragging on them and celebrating Chick-fil-A in a really funny way because in all reality and all jokes aside, Chick-fil-A is a really powerful franchise who's operating in excellence and helping to shape our culture. Our generation of kids are on TikTok making videos about Chick-fil-A. Why? Because they're operating in excellence. I want to be a Christian who helps to shape the culture around me. What about your lifestyle is so powerful that it's helping to shape the lifestyles of the people around you. What are we doing that people are paying attention to, that they're leaning into, that they're saying, I see this and I want to imitate it? Because we're called to be imitators of Jesus. Let's think about that for a second. What is my lifestyle? What is it carrying? What does my boss think about me? What do my employees say about me when I'm not there? What does my family say about me when I get home from church? These are the things that make a culture shaper someone who has character, who does excellence in all that they do. Let's pull up Colossians 3, 23 through 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. A lot of times going to work day in and day out, um, being around people that don't value us like we feel like we should be valued, a lot of times that decides 
our character in those situations. That decides how we're going to respond. That decides how we're going to, our work ethic. That decides how much we're going to put in. But really, the only one who should be our example of that is Jesus. And when we do it for him and through him, it becomes worship to God. Our life becomes a living sacrifice. When all that we do, we do for him, and then we give ourselves access to do all things through Christ who strengthens us. This is all worship unto God. Everything that we do, when, we, when, I really, when you really look at it that way, then that's when we can see the favor of God manifest on our life, when the character of God is on our lives. It's common here in our culture to say things like, I don't want to follow big ministries. I want to follow good character. I don't want to follow the signs and the wonders. I want to follow the one who's living in love. And when we learn to wake up in the morning being in love, my little girl, she wants to go to sleep looking into my eyes. She wants to, she goes to sleep kind of one eye open, making sure mom's still there. She wants to wake up in the morning and not have to even call for me. She wants to wake up looking into my eyes. She wants me to be there looking into her eyes because she's fully dependent on me. What if we became a people who wouldn't go to sleep until we were looking in his eyes? Who wouldn't get out of bed until we've looked into his eyes? Who wouldn't open up the door and get in the car and go to work until we've looked into his eyes? There's something really special. There's something really special about a mother and a child connection. <laughs> Real life right there. He needs to look into his mom's eyes and just, just see how amazing he is. Um, there's really something special about the connection between um, parents and their children. They actually learn what they're capable of by looking into the eyes of their parent. It connects all the dots. It makes their brain grow healthy. It teaches them what a smile is, how to smile. I can smile. I like to smile. It feels good. There's some endorphins. This is good. This is love. This is living. This is life. There's more to just sleeping and eating now. There's interaction. I can look at you. I can, you smile at me. I smile at you. That feels good. This is living. We teach them how to live. We teach them what life is like. We teach them how to have joy. We teach them what it feels like by looking into our eyes and seeing it on our faces. When we look into the eyes of the Father, he shows us who we are. He shows us what we're capable of. He shows us what living should be like. When I wake up, I want to look in the eyes of my father and allow the image that I'm beholding 
there's something I like to say. And I'm not somebody who is super into fancy t-shirt logo sayings that get people hyped up but doesn't change any hearts. But there's something that the Lord reminds me of with this. Behold, beheld, become. I will behold the one who I'm being held by, and then I will become something. If I want to become love, I need to first be held. And my daughter teaches me how to do that. She teaches me how to do that. I remember when my son, one of my sons were young, and I was... um, cleaning the kitchen and I had like the baby gate up and I was scrubbing and they had spilled something on the floor from lunch and it glass pieces broke on the ground and so I had to keep him out because I didn't want him to get hurt in there and but I, I was cleaning it up but he wanted his mom and he kept I would put the gate up turn around try to clean it up quickly because he was crawling up the gate and then holding on and it was falling and it was smushing his fingers and his toes And I would pick him up and put him over there, and I'd put the gate back up, and I'd try to clean this up quickly because he wanted to be with his mom, and he didn't understand why I was putting a barrier in between us. He wanted to be with me regardless what it was going to cost him. It was hurting his fingers and his toes, but he thought it was worth it to get to his mom. What if we had a heart after God like that? Where he said, everything else will lay aside, whatever it costs me in this life. Whatever it costs me, whatever that looks like, I'm going after my father. I need to look in his eyes. I need to, I need to behold, I, I need to behold him and see who I am. And I need to be held so that I can hold other people. So they can behold the image of God that's on me and step into who they were made to be. Behold, be held, and then you can become something. But we want to do it the opposite way. We want to become something first. I want to wake up and already be there. I want to start this thing out and already be there. I don't want to have to take the time to be held and be healed. I don't want to have to take the time to behold and to have the intimacy because I'm not sure if I can trust him with that yet. I'm not sure if I can give up my stuff yet. There's still some things that I'm holding tight like this so he can't really get to my heart. When we do it the opposite way and we try to become something, we have to carry the weight of it on our own, something we were never meant to carry. When he calls you, he equips you with everything you need. One day I was sitting at home and I kind of just was having a day. You know, I have a new baby. I'm at home. I felt like... I was trying to have my Bible laid out, never even looked at it one time. I, put, I didn't even get to put my worship music on and like kind of like worship and, and rock and clean and all of those things. Um, and so at the end of the day, I kind of just sat down on the couch and the kids were in bed and I'm holding my baby, feeding her. And I'm just like, man, well, I, I missed it today, God. I failed again. 
How am I going to figure this routine out? How am I going to, you know, all those things that you think when you're thinking in your own mind and not in the mind of Christ. And all of a sudden, I just said, wait, these thoughts aren't good for me. They're not healthy for me, and they're not who I am. So let me take a second and just check in with you, God. What did you like about my day today? What about my day moved your heart? And he began to show me a a new perspective of what worship looks like. And he showed me pictures of me looking down into my daughter's eyes and smiling at her and her smiling back. you, You shared my love with your daughter today. That's giving me what I paid for on the cross. You're becoming love. Well done. You laughed and smiled with your husband and enjoyed each other. You shared my love today. Well done. That's worship to me. That moves my heart. When I see my children walking and becoming love, it moves my heart. You hugged your sons today a little bit longer than normal. Way to share my love. And he was showing me all of these mundane, simple things. But to him, it moved his heart, and it was worship. And really, those things are the things that are lasting. Those things are the things that we work everything else to try to get more of. But it's like sometimes we don't put what's most important, the most important. We work and we run and we do all these things so that we can have more time with our families. We work and we run and we do all these things so that we can have more time with with Jesus and in the word. But sometimes the least important thing becomes our priority and we never actually get to live in what we're working for because we don't take the time to sit back and ask the Lord, what moved you about my day today? What's real worship look like? It's far more than a song, if you didn't know. It's much more than a song. I like to say and, and to tell the worship team, if your most radical worship needs to be in your living room, the most radical, outrageous worship should be in your living room, the most intimate, crazy shouting should be in your living room. If you're doing more of that in a building in front of people than you are by yourself at home, it's probably just a show. It's probably just an emotional response to what's happening in the room. But when we can build a place of intimacy at home, then we come into the building corporately and we can get in the swirl together of what the Spirit is doing and actually do something with our worship. It can become a weapon for us. I hope you're here in my heart this morning. Sometimes I can hear people say stuff and I'll be like, ooh, that's good. And then inside I feel shame or guilt and like, man, I'm missing the mark again. I'm not getting it. Listen, let's celebrate this morning that you get the choice to choose another way. Let's celebrate this morning that you get to choose to worship him in a new way. We get to choose when we hear. It's like you don't know what you don't know. People are deceived because they're deceived. But when you know, you know. And and we have the choice to choose him now. We have the choice to make a change. Don't allow the enemy to steal that from you. 
you guys are amazing. And, and, and the Holy Spirit's just inviting you into an invitation. He's inviting you to just realize there's more to worship than this whole, this whole shebang of music and lights and loud songs. That's all well and great. I love corporate worship. It's what my heart just sings for. But listen, there's got to be a foundation of worship with just you and Jesus. What's your song to him? What's your song to him? I can't sing it for you. When we behold him, we become something. 2 Corinthians 3.18, the New King James Version. But we all, with uncovered face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as the Spirit of the Lord. That's good news. Let me read that again. That is some good news. This is what the cross did. (laughs) Don't let it get old. (laughs) Don't let it get boring. But we all, not just some, but all, we all with uncovered face. You see, when, when Moses went on the mountain and he saw the Lord pass by, his face shined with the glory of the Lord so much that the Israelites had to cover it. They couldn't even look upon it. And it says, how much more so than the glory of the Lord that Moses carried because of the law, how much greater is the glory that's within us now because the Christ has come, because of the cross? How much greater is the glory of the Holy Spirit that he's left with us, okay? The glory of the Lord. With uncovered face, beholding in a glass. So our face is uncovered and we get to experience the glory of the Lord. That's where I'm going with that. Beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. What image is that? Jesus, the glory of Jesus the Christ. Okay? Even as by the spirit of the Lord. We're being changed into the image of Christ. We are mirrors. We're holding up mirrors and they reflect Jesus. And we get to live out of that power. That's exciting. That makes me want to get up in the morning. That makes me want to go out into the world and allow that power to do something in the earth. That makes me want to go out and allow that power in my life to shape the culture that I'm walking in. There's a lot of things happening in the culture. There's a lot of causes and things going on that are well and good. But what if we stop butting into other people's business and just went about the Father's business in the earth today? And we did what he's calling us to, to love well the one in front of us, to allow ourselves to behold him, the image of him, and allow us to carry that image in the earth so that we can shape culture as the church, the body. His body was broken so that the body of Christ could be whole. The body of Christ is a whole creation. That's what Jesus is coming back for. If you still feel broken as as the bride, listen, Jesus wants to make you whole today. And not just a temporary fix 
I'm tired and I am fed up with church as usual. I am bored to tears with coming to church and singing some songs and getting my fix of the Holy Spirit for the week. Like he's some kind of prescription for my joyless life. He is my joy. And that is not condemnation this morning. I'm excited for the Christ, the image of the Christ that's upon me that I get to be revealed into the earth. I'm excited. And I don't want to be a church in a building. I want to be the church out there. Because people need to see the image of Christ that's upon me. People need to see the image of Christ that's upon you. It's represented uniquely inside of you, his image. The picture of God is so great and so vast that we could never fully picture it. We get to spend all of eternity on the other side of heaven experiencing the fullness of who God is. But guess what? It's coming and it's already here. We have the fullness of Christ inside of us. And we get to represent that in the earth. We're like mirrors. I like to look in the mirror and say, when people look at you, they see Jesus in your smile. When people look at you, they see the light of Jesus in your eyes. When you speak, the Holy Spirit is on your words. When you walk into the room, the light, behold, the light has come. Because the, the son of the living God is inside of me. I, I got to reconnect with a family member a couple years ago. And um, it had been a long time since I had seen them. Um, and they called me up out of nowhere and was asking me about, they saw online that I was a Christian and they were asking me about, they could kind of got to the bottom of their barrel and needed to have answers about God. People do that. And, and they were asking me questions and, and to be honest, this person I hadn't thought of, I kind of gave up hope on them. And they, they called me and wanted answers. And, and so we talked, and I ended up going and, and, and picking them up, and, and we hung out, and I was telling them, you know, what it's like to be in love. What it's like to, to be in love and, and be loved so well by Jesus and how it feels, and what life living with Jesus really should look like. And, and in the middle of me talking, you see, this person is somebody who lived, who lived a different life that I probably could have lived if I chose to, to cover up the wounds that I needed healed rather than choose to allow God to heal them in me. Because people do that. People aren't just out there being wild and crazy and, and lawless for no reason. People are broken and they're hurting and they're lost and they need Jesus. And we have him. We have no excuses. We have him. We have what the world needs. I have no excuses. I gave up my excuse when I said, Jesus, you could have my life. I gave that up. I gave it up. So in the middle of me talking, he says, Whoa. and you know, he's just, he's cussing every other word, but he's excited about the Jesus that I'm talking about. 
And he said, and he says, man, Sarah, I can hardly look at you. I can hardly look at your eyes because I can see Jesus in your eyes. I can hardly look at your eyes. They're just, they're lighting up and they're bright. Like it's, it's like the light of heaven. It's like Jesus is looking at me in your eyes and I can barely look at it. And you know, I probably said something silly like, yeah, cause he's in me and he can be in you too, you know, but, but he was so moved and, and he was seeing Jesus, the image of Jesus that I was carrying in that moment. I never want to leave that spot. I never want to allow what's most important to become least important and allow little circumstances that aren't the most important thing keep me from being inside of love. I don't want to step outside of love and the image that I was created in over petty things. We have the privilege in America to be upset and to lose our salvation over petty things. We have the privilege in America to get upset over petty things. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it in myself, inside of me. When I hear the voice, I like to say, choose the hard thing. Choose what's hard in the moment. If it feels hard, choose it until that voice is silenced. In any situation, it, whether it be relational, whether it be circumstances happening, whether it be your, your character, whether all of these things, choose what feels hardest in the moment and kick that thing in the face. When, when you're having a disagreement, it's that little voice that says, they deserved what you did to them so you can withhold your forgiveness. They deserved how you treated them so you don't have to apologize. Ooh, it feels hard to say sorry. Those little justifications come up and you think, uh, I can withhold that. I don't have to do that. Ooh, I like to just kick pride in the face and do the hard thing. When we mess up and we make mistakes, this is just godly character. But these tiny little things causes us to step outside of love. It causes us to what the cross paid for our lives. We're just like, well, this is going to be more important right now to me. Because my pride and the things I'm going to go to the grave with are more important. I, I would rather say the big things like, you can have my life. I would, if someone put a gun to my head right now, I would, I would proclaim Jesus. But I'm, but I'm not going to actually live my life for you. I'll give it. I'll lay it down. I'll get my head chopped off. Whatever the big scenario is, the great hero thing that, we, that I think of in my head. But will I live my life today for him? I have this life right now, but will I live it in love? Will I choose the hard thing? Will I choose that when I mess up and it's my fault with no, with heart wide open, no walls up, no barriers, say, I'm sorry. That was, I'm sorry. And here's my plan to fix it and make it better and build trust again. Will I, will I choose the hard thing and say, I'm sorry that I stepped outside of who I really am and talk to you in that way. We let go of having to be right and care about that more than our character. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I know it sounds like I'm being loud right now, but this is something in me that I am like, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I'm ready to yield. Listen, revival has come. Yield to love. 
Revival is the man Jesus, the man love. He's in the room. He's inside of us right now. But if we don't yield to love, we're never going to see it manifested in our reality. We're never going to see it break out. We want to see the signs and wonders. We want to see the miracles. We want to see people get out of wheelchairs. But we refuse to apologize. We refuse to have godly character because I'm, I'm above that. I've become too spiritual. I'm the pastor of the church. I don't make mistakes anymore. I'm the boss. My employees don't get to come to me and confront me about anything. My family don't get to confront me about anything. I don't have to forgive my spouse for what they did. I don't have to say sorry to my children when I, when I step out of my character with them because they're too little and they don't matter. These, these, these little things, these little things, these little things are, are causing us to step outside the character of God. And I just, I hate the enemy. I hate what the enemy's doing. I hate that the enemy is coming against people and it's just these little stupid things. I'm not going to let the enemy use these little stupid things to steal my freedom, to steal my joy, to steal my hope, to steal my influence. Because I'm going to be someone who yields to love. I'm going to be someone who gets down and yields to love. When I hear the voice of God, I'm going to move him. I'm going to follow him where he's going. Oh, gosh. Can't even go there. I hope you hear my heart this morning. I want to shape culture with heaven. Heaven is on our side. It looks like something. We need to look like something in the earth. What if the church was known for patience, kindness, mercy, goodness? What if the church was known for their love? I believe with all my heart that all of the prayers for revival that we've prayed, the doorway is love. It's right here. Revival's on the inside of us. Heaven has come. We're seated in heavenly places with him. He's at the right hand of the Father. We're here and it's coming. We're there and it's coming and it's up to us to yield. Will we do the hard thing? Because it feels hard in the moment. Let me show you that I have empathy and compassion here. I have been the one. I have been the one who has to have the last word. I have been the one who refuses to apologize. I have been the one that holds, holds, holds my pride close. Well, my intentions were good, so that should cover it. But look at all that I've given and all that I've done. How dare you tell me what I'm not doing right? Listen, when, when, we, when our emotions are so attached, so passionately attached to, to what's in offense, to what someone has said about us, it has nothing to do with them and everything to do what we believe about ourselves. 
It's a lie that I'm believing about myself. Me and my husband like to say the story I'm telling myself. It helps in a lot of disagreements. Honey, the story I'm telling myself is that that you don't really care about my time. Oh, well, that's not, that's not true. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I needed to know that. Instead of doing all the roundabout things out of that belief system and never confronting the real issue. And then a month later, we're still arguing over the dishes. That happens. I mean, it's real life. And all it takes is to yield to love and set my pride aside and live heart wide open and say, okay, I'm doing this thing. Regardless if you, regardless if you see me how you see me, regardless if you accept me, regardless if you give me praise, regardless if you think I'm doing amazing, I'm going to yield to love. Regardless if it changes your mind about me or not, he's never changed his mind about me. And this is going in a whole different way, but listen, God is on it and he's doing something. He's doing something. I believe the breakthrough that we're looking for today comes from yielding to love. It comes from yielding. And I'm just sick and tired of all the glitter on top of the gospel. The gospel is good enough. It's good enough. What Jesus did was good enough. It was good enough for me. It was good enough for me to give my life. And it's good enough for me to live my life for him. It's good enough for me. And so what, if you'll stand with me this morning, how I want to end this. I don't want any music. We're going to leave the lights up. I'm not playing any church games right now. This isn't setting a mood for something for an emotional response. We're just going to either make a choice to yield to love or not. And I hope you hear my heart in this. I love you. I care about the body of Christ, and I want to see the body whole. I want to see them living free and powerful and not being a puppet on a string to the stupid things that the enemy want to dangle in our face. And say, you can be swayed by the wind. You can be swayed by whether the traffic is good or not. You can be swayed whether or not someone smiles at you or doesn't high five you. Because you are just a puppet on a string of the enemy and his little irritants. But not today, Satan. I am cutting the strings of the puppeteer today. And I'm going to yield to love. I'm not going to go down in the grade with all my stuff. I'm not going to go down in the grave with all the things that I wouldn't let go. I'm going to choose the hard thing until it becomes my normal. There were things back then, and there's things to celebrate. I celebrate this morning that back there it was hard, but right now it's my every day. That back there, what once was hard, right now I walk in freely without even thinking about it. Because I chose the hard thing, and now I'm living in it. That invitation is for you today celebrate, celebrate your victories and your breakthroughs in this thing. So what I want to do this morning, I'm going to read this chapter. And will you just, will you let me read it to you as if it's the first time you've ever heard it? Sometimes I read the Bible. (laughs) 
it's just the newspaper. <laughs> I read it like I'm just scrolling through a feed. Like, oh, I heard that one before. That's good. Just checking off my list for the day. Listen, it's alive and it's living. And I don't want it to ever grow cold. And I don't want it ever to grow, to get bored of it. Because it's alive and it's living and it's speaking and it's breathing. And something happens when I read the word. Something happens when we read the word out loud over ourselves and we partner our belief systems with it. Something happens when we do that. And I believe something's going to happen here today. Will you pull up 2 Corinthians 13, the love chapter? Okay, here we go. Now, I want you just to close your eyes. And I'm going to say this over you. There was one time where I met with Jesus. I'm not going to go into all the details. But I saw him. And as I spoke the things out, the lies out, he absorbed them into himself. And he took them on for me. And in the same way, when he speaks living things, we absorb them into ourselves and we take them on and it gives us life. And so as I speak these over you, would you listen like it's the first time you've ever heard it? And as we listen, will you allow, make the choice whether or not you're going to yield to love, whatever that looks like, whatever you feel the Spirit moving you to do. I'm not going to coax you into anything. Whatever you feel the Spirit leads you to do, what it looks like to yield as I read this over you and just believe that it's, it's going in and it's doing a work inside of you, love's full work in you. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remo remove mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. It's not provoked. It thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. When I hear the truth, I want it to set me free. I don't want to harden my heart to it. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. 
For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abides faith, hope, love, and these three, but the greatest of these is love. God, we make the choice today to yield to your love and allow love to do its full work inside of us. We step back and we let go of the things we've been holding on to. The things that cater to our egos, the things... things that are too scary to live without to protect us we let them go and we allow our hearts to be wide open to your love and we yield to you God we yield to you Whatever it takes, whatever it costs, I'm in it for one thing, it's just Jesus. Whatever it takes, whatever it costs, I'm in it for one thing, it's just Jesus. Whatever it takes, whatever it costs, I'm in it for one thing, and it's Jesus. Whatever it takes, whatever it costs, I'm in it for one thing, and it's Jesus. We're going to sit here for just a few more minutes. We're going to just sit here. What does that look like for you? What does it look like? This is your chance to choose. This is your chance. I'm not trying to coax you into something. I'm giving you an opportunity into an invitation that the Holy Spirit's offering. It's e- w- this is the safest place. This is either it. This is it. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is it. If we can't do it here, where will we Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in hearts this morning, God, as we yield to you. As we give you our stuff this morning, just the great exchange. We receive your love. Whatever whatever we need in this moment, God, to be held, to be whole. We celebrate what we're becoming because of you and your love. 
Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.